Karina, quickly pray. Come on, let's just ask God to prepare our hearts. God, I just thank you for, um, yeah, just what you did in every young person's life over this week as your word got planted in their hearts. We also pray the same for us right now, that your word could be planted in our hearts, that you can do a miracle in our life. God, we wanna position ourselves for what you wanna do right now. Holy Spirit, we pray that you move powerfully amongst us. And Jesus, thank you that you baptize in your spirit. So will you baptize us? Uh, we ask for this right now in Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. You guys take your seats. While they're moving on their way out, I think we've got some photos from Zambia. Our, our team's up there currently. We are, we've sent our team up to finish off one of the churches. So that's currently, um, they worked throughout the night last night, just getting updates from them. So that's gonna be way further along. That's some of the women's ministry happening. And we've also got a kids' church happening. And then we've got training of young leaders. That's our teen focus over there. And so there's equipping of leaders while they're there and they're just doing amazing work. And this year we have finished off a building um, that, remember as a church, we put 50,000 rand aside to finish off a building that trains pastors on the outskirts of the project. So more, they, they don't have to walk for three days, they can walk for a day and sleep there. This is the second building we're doing this year. So we actually trusted for one and we got to finish two buildings this year. And this will establish a church in that community. It will be the most, uh, in the means of it, it will be a, have a fixed roof on it. It will be the best building in that township. So it establishes the church there and we're trusting as a church that we get to do this for all our churches in Zambia. So um, I encourage you to pray with us. Um, for anyone who's a first time guest, uh, you know, been part of the church or been here, my name's Andre, my wife and I lead the church and, and yeah, we, we're excited that you could join us if you are a parent of a holiday club child and so you're here for the first time, we just wanna welcome you. Remember, if you didn't get that voucher, as you walk out, uh, it says view groups is a red banner. You can go grab your, your voucher for coffees there. People who drink our coffee for more in love with Jesus. Uh, as they sip it, they say, thank you, Jesus, for this coffee. It's actually a spiritual step. But anyone know of the, uh, about the Sea of Galilee? Anyone know about the Sea of Galilee? About it? Have you heard about it? Anyone hear about the Dead Sea? Okay, so you guys have heard about this. And just to let you know, the Sea of Galilee would be positioned in the northern region um, of, of, uh, of where these two um, seas are, these two oceans are. And the, the Sea of Galilee uh, receives water from the mountains in Philippi. So the rain pours in the mountains and the, of course you can imagine the waterfalls and the water runs all the way down and it flows down to the northern part of the Sea of Galilee. So the Sea of Galilee now receives this water, but the Sea of Galilee um, also in the southern part uh, releases water. It receives it in the northern part and it releases the water in the southern part. And if you go look at the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee is brimming with life. Um, and, and, and there's fish in there and it's a, it's a great ocean to go fish in. And if you're looking for life, you go to that ocean. Now the Sea of Galilee, the same water that it receives, it freely gives. Now of course, it's a principle you learn as a Christian, as freely as you receive, you should also freely give. And the simple principle is you're blessed to be a blessing. And we know Jesus has blessed us. He's not only blessed us with salvation, but He says it's better if I go, because then I can um, ask the Father to send you the Holy Spirit will be with you forever. So, so once we get saved, we actually receive the Spirit of God. Now this water that flows into the Sea of Galilee ends up running down, let me just get this correct here, the River Jordan, and it enters the northern part 
of the Dead Sea. So you can think about um, the water flowing from the north into the Sea of Galilee, down the mountains, and then out the south into the north, northern part of the Dead Sea. But the Dead Sea doesn't let any water flow out of it. It doesn't actually have a point where water flows out. And anything that's living that enters the Dead Sea ends up dying. Now, I told you guys a few weeks back that my wife bought uh, wine barrels, not because she drinks a lot of wine, but she wanted to put plants in these wine barrels. Now, if you've ever seen that, you can buy a wine barrel that's cut in half, and they actually set it up that you can plant a plant in it, so of course they drill the holes in so the water can flow out, and we did this, but the one wine barrel kept getting filled up with water, and nothing was leaving it. So it was always flooded, and every morning, if our irrigation poured water into it, or it rained, I would have to take a bucket and get the water out of this barrel. Uh, I ended up um, having a look at what's actually happening and we tipped it over and we found that a stone had been lodged in the little hole that actually let the water flow out. Simply, we just took the, you know, got that little stone out, that pebble out, and now it actually doesn't get flooded and that speck worm that's in that barrel probably has way more potential to live, correct? I think a lot of us are living life where we have received from the same source life and life to the full. We've actually received the power of God. We received the love of God, but we look around and we go, how the heck, even as I'm receiving this life, I feel like I'm dying. I feel like things are dying in my life. My marriage seems to be going backwards. Um, everything that enters my life actually is losing life. I think the reason we feel like that or experience that is because potentially, and most probably all of the time, things are not flowing out of your life. You were actually designed to not only receive, but to also freely give. And I get it, you and I naturally are selfish. Anyone, can we get an amen? We are human beings, we are naturally selfish. It's a normal thing for us to get to that place. We do consider people less and we consider ourselves more. And there are many reasons for it. Some of us have been hurt through no fault of our own and the only way to cope is to actually protect ourselves, build walls. And when you build that wall to protect yourself, what you don't realize is the only person behind that wall is yourself. Now life has become all about you and I get it because you've had pain. Um, some of you have actually got to a place where maybe you've filled up yourself with a lot of knowledge and you've made yourself better, but you've actually made it all about yourself and you forgot that you've been blessed to be a blessing. And you've also built a wall and that wall is a wall of pride. And what's crazy is you are also behind a wall and life's about you and you can be prideful or you can be broken and you can end up at the same place living for yourself. Proverbs 18 verse one says, a man who seeks his own desires rages against all wise judgment. Listen, you can get a lot in this life. You can accumulate a lot in this life, but you're raging against all wise judgment because you were designed not only to get things, you were designed to give things. 
You were designed by God to actually be a servant. A lot of us are in this place, even in the church. We ask questions like this, or this is what's on our mind. I'm looking for a church that meets my needs and blesses me. Is this a church that can bless me? Instead of saying, I'm looking for a place to serve and be a blessing. I wanna encourage you that as you mature in Christ, the fruit of that maturity should be a desire to serve. True Christianity overflows in service and a life that accumulates but gives nothing always leads to spiritual stagnation. See, just like a, 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 a water flowing into a swamp, that water that it's flowing into, even though it's life-giving water flowing into the swamp, the swamp takes what was life-giving and it makes it dead. Come on, if you are, you've got a, a pool of water that's not moving, that, that potentially gets poisonous. You can't drink from it. It can start tasting really bad. And maybe that's what's happening in your life. Maybe even as people sort of take a drink of your life, they wanna spit it out. Because even though the source that you're getting the water from is good, because of the lack of flow in your life, something is starting to die. You and I were shaped to be a blessing. You and I were shaped to serve God. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 5 to 6 says, we are simply God's servants. Each one of us does the work which, which the Lord gave him to do. I planted the seed, Apollos watered the plant, but it was God who made the plant grow. In this scripture, we see that everyone's got a, a part to play. No one's excluded. Ephesians 2 verse 10, it is God himself who has made us what we are and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ages ago, he planned that we should spend these lives in helping others. God's not trying to trick us. God's actually designed us to serve others. And actually that's the place we really live. That's our Sea of Galilee. That's when we brim over with life, as we start to live with others in mind, start to serve. John 17 verse four says, I glorified you on earth by completing down to the last detail what you assigned me to do. So yes, you were put on earth to make a contribution. You weren't created to consume, to eat, to breathe, to take up space. God actually made you. Your original purpose is to make a difference, not to actually receive. But the world's taught us to ask, what's in it for me? And as I've grown, the one revelation, if I had to give you any um, advice, I would encourage you to always be looking for a place where you can give. That's my, my, my one takeaway from my walk with God, being in the church for 27 years, being in full-time ministry for over 20 years. If I could give you one bit of information, something that's just come alive to me like never before, and it comes alive more and more, is please find a place where you can give. You know, for me, I actually serve, I serve in the church and I'm, I'm here and I do this, it's a huge privilege, but I actually also serve outside of this moment. I actually deliberately find a place for me to serve beyond this. I serve in the car park on Fridays at View Rep and, and, and I do it and I serve under somebody who runs the car park. But, but I've, got, I've understood that if I cannot stay a servant, I'm in trouble. 
I've been designed to serve. It's not about what I can get out of this life. It is actually all about what I can give into this life because in Christ, I've received more than enough. When I, when I received my salvation, I received everything I've been looking for. I've got everything to offer. And the scripture says, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. The clogging of my life is when I don't refresh, the unclogging is in the refreshing of others. I'm not gonna wait to be full to give. I'm gonna start to give to be full. Um, um, there's something powerful about understanding and realizing that it's key. My children need me to serve in front of them because one day they will also wake up and see they need to find a place where they can give and serve. It's so important to find a place. So for me, if I was leaving, God moved me and said, Andre, you need to move and you need to go serve another church. I would look for a church I can serve in, not a church that could serve me. That's what I'd look for. I would look for a place where I could serve because I understand that really to live, to really live is to serve other people. That's when you brim over with life. You were created to serve God. And I said it last week, you serve God by serving people. Ephesians 2 verse 10, the Bible says, God has created us for a life of good deeds, which He has already prepared for us to do. He prepared. When, when He created you, you must think He made you in your mother's womb. He saw every day ahead and He saw, this person, I'm gonna design him to serve all the days of life. And these are the things I'm, I've got for them to do. And so this is how I'm gonna knit them together in their mother's womb. You were designed. You will really live out your design when you serve. If you've been trying to consume and been maybe sad, I'd be like, I get that. Well, you say, why? Well, you were never designed to consume. You were designed to serve. The shape of your life is a serving shape. You, you, if you are just consuming, you're a square peg in a round hole. But if you're serving, I get it. You're gonna start to really, and I think once you serve, you don't mind where you serve. I always find people who are not serving obsessed with finding where they should serve. And then people who are serving obsessed with finding opportunities to serve anywhere they can. It's because because they yeah, it's like you have to taste and see. You can hear the news, but but it's like I've always said like people used to remember when you're young, you're like, when will I know when I meet my spouse? And then somebody older goes, oh, you'll know. You're like, that doesn't help at all. Like, thanks for that. And I feel like in serving, sometimes I feel the same thing. Uh, how how is serving? Oh, you just need to try it. It's awesome. Thanks. Doesn't help me. But that's all my advice I got for you. You need to have a go. You need to serve. God shaped you for purpose. Just like uh, Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 1 verse 5. But before I made you in your mother's womb, I chose you. Before you were born, I set you apart for a special work. There's a special work on your life. And, and here's the, the deal. A lot of you, we can get obsessed with the special work. But it's in the outworking that you come to that special work. Just start to let something flow out your life. Let there be an outworking in your life of serving others. I promise you, don't get obsessed with the special work. Get obsessed with serving our special God, our Savior. But the only way to serve Him is by serving people. So I encourage you, it is true about your life, just like it said about Jeremiah. Yes, you, yes I remind you, you're not saved by service, but you are saved for service. You actually have been saved. Because here's the thing, if God saved you, He would just save you and get you out of this earth, and put you in heaven. But then He saves you and He leaves you here. He says, okay, you've now got a different purpose. What's that? 
You're gonna tell people about my love. You're gonna serve people. People are gonna drink from that flow in your life. And it's gonna change people's lives. I'm gonna leave you on earth now for a purpose. And I've made you for that. Of course, Romans 12 verse one, says because of God's great mercy, 12 verse one, because of the salvation now, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice dedicated to His service. It's actually from a gratitude, like this overflow. Because of the salvation, I encourage you to dedicate yourself to the service. To the service. And 1 John 3 verse 14, our love for each other proves that we have gone from death to life. It's quite crazy. You could say, in our love and service for others, we actually can see if we really receive the love of Christ and the life of Christ. Has it really actually changed your heart? A saved heart is a one that is a heart that wants to serve other people. So I encourage you to serve. I'm gonna give you four quick steps, four quick action steps. Number one, I encourage you to accept your assignment. That you actually got an assignment on your life. The assignment is to serve God by serving people. 2 Timothy 1 verse 9, the Bible says, He saved us and called us to be His own people, not because of what we have done, but because of His own purpose. This is God's purpose. 1 Peter 2 verse 9, Peter adds, You were chosen to tell about the excellent qualities of God who called you. So you've been chosen to do this. Accept this assignment. Romans 7 verse 4, the Bible says, Now you belong to Him in order that we might be useful in the service of God. You know, in some churches in China, once people get saved, they say, Jesus now has a new pair of eyes to see with, new ears to listen with, new hands to help with, and a new heart to love others with. I encourage you, if you're gonna choose your assignment, one of the key things is actually to be planted in a church. Because 1 Corinthians 12 verse 27 says, all you together are Christ's body, and each one of you is... Um, is separate and is a necessary part of it. Romans 12 verse five says, each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. I got the worship team, I walk in just straight, if you can. But this is an important scripture. It says, each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. If you don't know your function and your meaning yet, just start to serve in his body. You'll find your meaning and your function in the body. You don't find it apart. You don't find it isolated, but you do find it in unity. You do find it being part of the body. You are a vital part. Imagine your liver decided, I just had like a really tough season. I'm gonna take a year off from serving this body. Like just steps back and it gives you notice. It says this year, guys, I'm staying on a, a, just like a, a, like maybe a two year sabbatical. You know what happens to your body? It will die. And you're like, but it's my liver. I've never seen it. I just remembered that I have it when you mentioned it. You say, but, but what if my hand said, no, no, you just carry on living, but, but, but if you live it, every part actually is so important. So many churches around the world are dying because people in the body are not serving. God designed the church to grow and live 
as the people serve other people. That's how the church has been designed and you have got an assignment. I encourage you to, to actually step up. Number two, I encourage you to prepare for eternity. Romans 14 verse 12 says, each of us will have to give a personal account to God. Of course, this is speaking about the end times, judgment. We'll give an account to God. And at this point, we'll, when we give an account for our lives, um, it's self-centeredness is gonna sound hollow. You're gonna go, hey God, yeah. And God's like, what did you do with your life? Did you serve others? And you're like, well, I was pretty busy, you know. I had a hectic schedule. And if you know that my city doesn't always run, didn't run in my area and I get up a bit earlier than other people, God. And um, I also had my own goals. I had some crazy good hobbies. I lived in Cape Town. Do you know about Cape Town? Maybe one of the best cities to live in. You can do anything. Mountain biking on the beach and there's kite surfing and God's like, mm-hmm. And you know what? I was also, I also had a really good job and they gave me a promotion. So like I couldn't, like God, I was just, so that's another reason I couldn't serve. And, and you know what, I, I had fun and I also had retirement coming. I was making big plans for that retirement. How would I sit down and do nothing? And you know what God's gonna say? He's gonna say, I'm sorry, but those excuses don't stand. Because I need to remember, I made you, I created you, and then I saved you and then I called you, and then I commanded you to serve. I made you for a life of service, that's your design. So these, these, these excuses, they, they don't stand. And if you weren't serving, you were really just existing because your life was meant for ministry. I encourage you to prepare for eternity. Number three, serving is the pathway to real significance. for something. It might be your career, sport, hobby, fame, wealth. And, and, and you can tell me, I'm living for this career. I go, this year, and we, we'll applaud you. Because I do think you need to be a steward and you need to work in that. It's actually biblical. But, but, but then I'll go, on earth, that, that's going to be spoken about. But in heaven, it's going to get nothing. You say, well, well, I also, these accomplishments, I go, great. It's gonna, that's going to make it on Instagram. That's going to make it on Facebook. They don't make the news, but, but, but there's no internal significance to that. I had a lot of money. Well, well the Bible says you fool. Today you make all this money, somebody else will spend it because you don't know to, today might be the last day. You build bigger bonds. And so, so, you know, that's not even gonna stand. See, your significance in life is connected to the things that are eternal in your life. And serving God connects your life to eternity and something eternal. But just getting a career, becoming famous, making money doesn't make your life significant because all those things are temporary and they will be blown away and be meaningless. And you have to ask yourself, am I living for something bigger than the templeless temporary life? You know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 14, I want you to think about how all this makes your life more significant, not less. And he's saying, in a way, he's saying this. I want you to think about how all this makes your life more significant, not less. All this, what he's talking about is that you are part of the body of Christ. 
A lot of people, when they serve and, and they think I'm just in the car park, they go, this makes me, no, no, I want you to remind yourself, this is actually significance. This is God's car park. This is your father's house. This is your father, this is eternal house. This is where people get saved. I don't want you to think about how it actually makes your life significant. And number four, I want to encourage you to stop making excuses. Simply what you're gonna do is, is what I did with that, that wine barrel. I took all the soil out and we looked and there was a pebble and I got the pebble out, I got the excuse out. And the water started to flow. And I don't know what your excuse is, but there's not enough time to make temporary excuses when you've got an eternal calling. Now's the time to get the excuse out. Maybe you go, I'm too old. Well, Abraham was too old. Maybe you, you say, um, I'm insecure. Jacob was insecure. Maybe you say, I was abused. Joseph was abused. Maybe you say, I stuttered. Moses stuttered. Gideon was poor. Samson was codependent. Rahab was immoral. David had an affair and all kinds of family problems. He had a dysfunctional family. Elijah was too suicidal. Jeremiah was depressed. Jonah was reluctant. Naomi was a widow. John the Baptist was eccentric to say, the least. Peter was impulsive and hot-tempered. Martha worried a lot. The Samaritan woman had several failed marriages. Zacchaeus was unpopular. Thomas had doubts. Paul had poor health. And Timothy was timid. These guys must probably had better excuses than us. But they got that excuse out. They unclogged the wine barrel and the water started to flow. Maybe you're here this morning and there's a Dead sea feel on your life. But you need a sea of Galilee. You need life to the full. You can close your eyes quickly. Right now, why don't you, maybe there's an excuse that you've had and you wanna say, God, I'm not gonna drop this excuse. Why don't you tell God that right now? Why don't you decide to start to live a significant life by serving God? How? You serve God by serving people. Let life come into your life. Maybe you're in this place and you actually aren't in a relationship with Jesus and you need to come into a relationship with Jesus. How? Well, the Bible says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. That's what it says in the Word. It says, if we call on His name, those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you need to do that this morning, like I did, where you said, Jesus, I need you to forgive me of my sins. I'm a sinner, but thank you that you're the Savior. Will you forgive me? He's faithful and just in this moment to forgive you of your sins. I, I'll remind you that, that as you do it, it's a gift you receive. You can't earn it, but the way you receive it is by acknowledging that you need it. You humbly come to Him and you ask Him to forgive you of your sins and for Him to be the Lord of your life. If that's you, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. I wanna ask you to lift up your hand and you can do it. I encourage you always to do it. Like say, that's me with every eye closed. Our prayer team's also praying for you, but, but I'm looking out. And, but, but receive it like 
receive it. Don't sort of timidly, Jesus, I receive it. No, receive it. I, I'd love to see your hand boldly. Just say, that's me. If that's you, just pop your hand up. Say, I need to actually pray that prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer. If you need to come back to relationship with Jesus, anyone else, awesome. Anyone else, pop your hand up. That's that's you. Just pop your hand up. Say, that's me, Andre. I need to make right with God. I need to come. I need to receive the forgiveness of Jesus. Just pop your hand up if that's you. Awesome. Okay, let's put our hands down. Let's pray quickly. We praise the church family. Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. Thank you, Jesus, that you are my Savior. Please forgive me of all my sins. I call on your name, Jesus. Save me. Be the Lord of my life. I believe you're the Son of God and that you conquered death. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's give him praise in this place. Thank you, Jesus. If you need us to pray for you this week, if you fill out the prayer card and the seat cover in front of you or under your chair if you're in the front row, um, we'd love to pray with you. Um, you don't have to put your name on it. You can just put the prayer request. If you'd like us to tell you more about your next step, if you gave your life to Jesus, please fill out that card. You can take recommitment or first time. Or if you're a first time guest, please fill out that card and put your details so we can t- um, give you information you need. Tonight will be a different service, a bit more worship. We'd love for you to join us. And we're gonna carry on with our serving series for two more weeks. And um, I encourage you to be in the house. Um, Like they said, you can pick your kids up at the Kids Church entrance as you go. Have an awesome Sunday. Cheers.